0: Good preaching, Carol. <laughs> yes, we we need your help on that, and uh, uh, amen. Praise God. God has been good this morning, amen. amen. I really do. I I I want to thank you too personally, Beverly, for just doing an amazing job. You know, folks, it took her eight months to do that, and uh, just a real labor of love. And we just see that through the fruit of her labor, and we just. Thank you. You know, I want to do, I want to go into the word this morning for a few minutes. In fact, you can take your Bibles or your cell phones, whatever Bible you use, <laughs> and to turn to John chapter 8 for a few minutes. I, I, I'm, I'm going to speak to you this morning. I, I'm on my family series called Family Power. But today we're going to be sharing on empowering people. Uh Nahum, could you turn me down? I'm really hot up here. Uh, Just a lot of feedback on this stage here. But uh, as we get into the Word this morning, I I really felt the Lord impress on me last night. I was in here just praying in the sanctuary. And uh, how many of you believe that the Lord wants to open the heavens on us? And uh, more than ever today... The Lord looks, He seeks, and He searches. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord look to and fro over all the earth. He looks to and fro to see those whose hearts are perfect towards Him, those who seek Him. And, you know, God always loves to water His people. More than ever today, the people in our nation, in fact, around the world, the Lord wants to refresh, He wants to water you. And so, as we, as a kingdom of priests, some of you may not realize that the reason why we encourage you, as the Bible says, to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We don't do that as some form of legalistic law-abiding thing as it was under the old covenant. You know, under the law, under the law, obedience was something you had to do, and if you didn't, they're, they're, ha- they're hung over your life, this this horrible consequence for not doing it. But under grace, the commandment is still there. But instead of condemnation, there is the reward. There is the, there, there's obedience. We obey Him, not because we have to, but because we want to. That's why the Bible says that I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. I don't even know lifting hands is a sacrifice. Clapping is a... Uh, tithing is a... Sac- coming to church is a sacrifice. And as you begin to offer to God in obedience, not out of legalism, but out of a willing heart to God, do you know what, what happens It gives the Holy Spirit opportunity because He sees a willing heart. The Bible says that He is able to wash, He's able to infill you, He's able to refresh you. Amen? Amen. And so that's why we worship the Lord. There's the outward visible worship and praise that we come before the Lord. But of course, worship isn't just external, it's also internal. Amen? How many of you know that we worship from our lives. And so I, I just wanted to say. Because I really believe the Lord. Is not only wanting us to drink and taste. And see that the Lord is good today. But I believe the Lord wants to bring that refreshing. Over your life. Everywhere you go. You know the Bible says. Oh taste and see that the Lord is good. He's not bad. Serving God. Is, god How many of you believe serving God always takes you higher? It always brings you increase. It never, it's never regresses. It, it's never intended to shame you, embarrass you, hurt you, harm you, lock you in, lock you down. No, everything the Lord asks of us to do, even at times, it might even seem foolishness. Paul says in Corinthians that God has chosen the weak and the foolish things of the world get to found the wisdom of men. There's been times the Lord's asked me to do things. In fact, there there was one time the Lord asked me up here on the stage to dance before the church. And I said, Lord, I don't want to do that. And he says, I know, but I want you to do it anyway. And I I really didn't want to dance before you. And I said, Lord, why do you want me to do this? To make a fool out of myself? You know, Paul said that I become a fool in glorying in the things uh, that concern my weakness. And here's the reason. God is into setting people free. And some of us don't even realize that we are actually bound to the approval and opinion of others. Part of the new wine that the Holy Spirit is doing and pouring out is where we are free from the fear of what other people think. I'm able to freely worship the Lord, and it's not about you, and it's not about your opinion of me. It's all before the Lord, and it's all for Him. And there's something about being set free and released in our spirit. To believe God. In fact, I find that the Lord is always expanding, stretching my borders. He's always putting me in a place where I'm, I'm, He's asking me to trust Him, to get out of my boat. He's, sometimes He's compelling me to walk on water. I mean, who wants to walk on water? I, mean, I want to feel the, the safety of being in my little boat. and. I don't want to get out of my boat, and you know the Lord is always seeking to increase, lift our vision, expand. He's seeking to just enlarge us because we serve a big God, and He wants you to have a huge, great, big understanding and a vision of what He can do through you. You see, we we are we tend to become comfortable, we become stagnant, we become starchy, we become locked down. And then we become so narrow-minded and we say, I'll never do that. Well, praise God for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The baptism of the Holy Ghost was never given to you to figure out. It's not about you figuring it out. It's about the Holy Spirit infilling you, empowering you, and beginning to help you understand things that you don't understand. Some of the ways that God brings revelation to us is when we begin to thank God for things that we don't understand so that we can understand that when we don't understand, He makes us understand. I know that didn't make a whole lot of sense, but just understand it. There's times that He has us trust Him in things that we don't get and as we trust him and we follow him, I call it blind faith, we're walking, we're trusting, we're leaning on him and not unto our own understanding. All of a sudden the Lord begins to work miraculously and he begins to work supernaturally in our lives, and we say, Well, I wonder how that happened. Well, we trust a God and He He came into onto the scene. And he's he's really giving us a new wine and he's enlarging our wineskin this morning. I want you to pray. lay your hands on your heart this morning. Uh, we're, we're going to talk about empowering people this morning. I, I believe that uh, God is just going to open our hearts this morning to, to new levels of understanding this morning in Jesus. Father, we thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus and the cross. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you raise dead things to life. You cause those that are dead to come alive. You open our eyes. You open the blindness of our minds. You give us understanding in things and in areas that are beyond the, uh, the intellect or the ingenuity of man. And Father, you, you help us to see into heavenly things, those things which are freely given to us this morning. Father, we thank You for the freedom. We thank You for where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. And Lord, we just right now, we release the spirit of freedom. Spirit of freedom upon the house of God this morning. Free to live. Free to serve. Free to obey. Free to trust. Free from any impairment. Any kind of fear of man. Fear of approval. We just release freedom upon the house this morning. And everyone said, Amen. John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Notice what Jesus said. And he's speaking to the Pharisees here, and they're questioning and challenging him. And uh, he says this, Then Jesus said to the Jews who believe, verse 31, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Everyone say, "My my word. The Bible said my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. He says, if you abide in my word, that means... That the word of God is dwelling, abiding richly in you. Then he says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Can't you say amen? Amen. God's interested in you becoming free. It's interesting, an interesting paradox. A lot of people in our world today feel that if I give my life to Jesus, I will lose my freedom. It's the biggest lie out of the pit of hell. It is a lie. Jesus grants freedom to those who trust Him. Those who follow Him. In fact, the biggest lie in the world is when you think you're free, when you begin to follow the dictates of your own heart. The Bible says that man's heart is desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? And one of the things in order for us to become free people is that we need to become empowered people. In fact, when you are empowered, you are a powerful person. God never intended for His people just to get saved, to go to church, to live a life, fulfill a career, die and go to heaven. That's not God's plan for your life. God's plan wasn't just for you to get a career, get an education, Get married, have kids, those things are fine and those things are a great blessing. But Jesus said, I come that you might have life and more abundantly. Man's life, Jesus says, does not consist of the clothes he wears, the food he eats, or the job or the occupation or career he has. Life is much bigger than that. And Jesus said, I come that you might have life and more abundantly. Can you believe that? Amen. Amen. You see, He intended for you to live life large. God wants you to live life large. He wants you to live it big. He wants you to have this idea, a philosophy of big. Big and great. Because God is great and greatly to be praised. When we begin to think in the greatness and the bigness and the largeness of the kind of God we serve, we begin to see some powerful things happen. That's one of the reasons why I want to talk. Last week we spoke on leadership in the house. We're speaking on family power. How many of you believe God wants fathers and mothers to be powerful? We live in a world where television in sitcoms, Walt Disney, Nickelodeon, MTV, does its best to make fathers and mothers look stupid. To make them look like they're backwards and out of touch with society. Parents, big announcements. Do not let your kids watch that trash from hell. I guarantee you there is a philosophy, there is an undermining that is behind that to circumnavigate, to destroy authority in the home, to destroy the concept and the purpose of family in the home. I really appreciate what James came down here Uh, when He gave that word out of Malachi, it says, and you know the prophetic word, the last prophecy in the Old Testament, that God says that unless He sends the spirit of Elijah, which was the spirit of revival and restoration, and turn the hearts of the fathers towards the children, the children towards the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Let me tell you something, folks. I actually believe that there are people today... That of living under the curse. Now Jesus died when the blood hit the ground he had intended and he did, He destroyed the curse of sin. But I must, in order to live from under, from without that curse, how many of you know I need to learn first to receive and believe and, and embrace the work of Jesus on the cross. Because let me tell you what the curse is. The curse of sin upon families today, is where we have come to embrace a cultural philosophy that you are weak, you cannot be a good parent, that just divorce is normal, that just living in a a monogamous relationship is impossible. That is part of the curse. It's not of God, and we need to learn to call sin, sin. We need to learn to recognize that you are not weak, You are not incapable. My Bible says that God has raised you with Christ, seated you in heavenly places. He's put a weapon in your hand. He's put a word in your mouth. He has caused you to be seated as kings and priests, a peculiar people, a holy nation, that should be light unto the world, salt and light in your earth to make such a difference that when you come into a situation, you transform the environment. You are not weak. You are powerful in the Holy Ghost. It is time for the church to begin to step up, step in, and rise up and become what Jesus intended the church to be. You are not weak. You are not a quitter. You are not a failure. You are more than conquerors. You are mighty in God. You are not a victim we live in a society right now where a lot of the leaders of our land are seeking to somehow convey and communicate to America that we're victims, that we're weak. And because of that, we have to embrace this kind of entitlement mentality where I need some, I need the government to help me. I need the church to help me. I Because I can't do it. No, that's a lie from the pit of hell. You do not need some kind of entitlement. God has given you the mind of Christ. He's given you love, power, and a sound mind. He's not given us the spirit of fear. He's come to give you creative ideas. To open your understanding. To help you understand that in weakness you're made strong. He's come to give you creative ideas. In the face of lack. When poverty, when lack, when defeat, when failure stares you in the face. You as a man of God, as a woman of God, you begin to rise up and say, My God is with me. My God is for me. Who can be against me? There is a prophetic anointing upon you as a believer. You do not accept defeat. You do not accept divorce. You do not look for the quick way out. You have answers. You have the mind of Christ. You have wisdom from above. And you see, when we begin to embrace a transformed mind, we begin to embrace the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, Jesus says, those who abide in My Word are My disciples. In other words, you guys are the ones who are really getting it, who are going to be able to really exemplify the kind of abundant life that I intended for everyone to experience. You guys are the ones who really reflect what I really am saying. And then he says, and you shall know this truth and it's going to make you free. You're going to be free to lead without being intimidated by what other people think. You're going to be able to be free, even on your job, to lift your voice, to let your love and let the grace of God flow out of your heart as you begin to embrace people that are hurting and broken. We're not afraid of broken people. We're not afraid of homosexuals. We're not afraid of people in witchcraft. We're not afraid of sinners. We're not afraid of what other people out there think about us because we know that we have the life of God and the love of God and the grace of God in our life. And we know that love overcomes all things. We know that grace is more powerful than weakness and sin. We are not going to be moved... By what the enemy seeks to intimidate. The Bible says that the devil does go around. The devil goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And let me tell you, the people that are getting eaten up and spit out are those who are not abiding in the Word of God. If you don't have the Word, if you're not reading your Bible, I told a woman... From Oregon, Just this past week, she called me up. She says, Ray, you need to turn the TV on. You need to know what's going on over there in the Ukraine and what's going on. You say, Ray, have you turned the TV on That I said, no, I'm not watching the news lately. I don't need to watch the news. I need to keep my eyes on Jesus and so do you. Turn the news off. You better pull your money out of the bank. I was told by the pull your money out of the bank. The commies are coming. I don't give a rip. I really don't give a rip. Now, I'm not saying be foolish or being stupid. You know, I understand we need to make wise investments and I do believe that we need to watch the market and we need to keep... But, but, but I'm, not, I'm not leaning on that. I'm not going to let the news and what other people do affect my peace. Because as Jesus said, our citizenship is in heaven. I am not, I'm in this world, I'm not of this world. This this world does not govern my life. The leaders of this land, I I am to honor those in leadership. I am to pray for our president. I am to pray and I am to honor those in leadership. And we need to do that. But their policies, whether Christian or non-Christian, does not govern my life. I'm a kingdom man. For me and my house, we are going to serve God. It is a declared statement empowering people are powerful people. Everyone say, I am. am. Powerful. Powerful. You are powerful because God is powerful. And if Christ be in you, it is the hope of glory. You are not weak. You're not a victim. You don't need entitlements. Now, I do believe there's times when people are weak and they're destitute and they're out in the streets. And yes, we need to help those that are truly weak. We need to really search and Uh, Do our homework, and we do need to, as believers, help the broken and the hurting, absolutely. But the job is not how many of you, how many here realize that the purpose of a hospital was not to live in it? The hospital was a place to visit, get healed, and then get out of the hospital, get into life, and join the army of the Lord. Sometimes we think that the church is just one continuous hospital. God never intended for the church to be one continuous hospital where you're just getting help all the time. He wants you to get help, get healed, get strong, and then become part of the productive army of the, of the Lord. That's what God intended. You're not weak. But I'll tell you, sometimes I think the church thinks, that, well, you just don't know what I've gone through. Let me, let me give you three quick scenarios, because I believe, let me, I want you to write these things down. First of all, empowering people are leaders if you're going to empower your family it all starts with leadership it starts with you being empowered by the word being empowered by the holy spirit empowered through prayer empowered by surrounding yourself with powerful people i was talking to a man one time he came in he says, you know pastor Ray, i'm depressed i'm just depressed all the time i just feel so bad and i asked him one simple question i said Who are your friends? And he began to talk to me about his friends. Well, guess what? His friends are depressed. His friends are always thinking way below what God intended them to be. They're always thinking like they're victims. They're always thinking like they're losers. They're always thinking like everybody's abused me and everybody's hurt me. And so because of that, I'm angry at the world. I told this brother, I said, you need to change the friends. You need to exchange, you need to move out. The Bible says that we need to not keep company with those people that don't have like-minded faith. Now, I'm not suggesting you reject them, but I do believe that there's times where we need to separate ourselves from people who are continually draining your faith. They're draining you and keeping you far below where God intended you to be. I want to hang around winners. I want to hang around people. And let me tell you what. You are not going to be any good to anybody until you're strong. Let me just say this when it comes to power. You can't give away what you don't have. If you don't have it working in you, you're not going to be able to help other people. God intended for you to embrace the cross, embrace the blood, embrace the power of the Holy Spirit, to be empowered, to be filled with the Holy Ghost, not just to speak in tongues. The purpose of the Holy Spirit was not just to speak in tongues and blab. The purpose of the Holy Spirit was to anoint you with power. You are anointed. That means God begins to activate certain gifts in your life. You now become a prophetic. You become an eagle with eyes to see through things. God opens your eyes. He opens your ears to become prophetic. You walk in a spirit of wisdom that's not natural wisdom. You begin to understand certain things in the spirit that are beyond natural wisdom and ideas. God moves you to a new level. You are a leader. You have answers to world problems. Do you know that the world is waiting for you? They're waiting for you to arise up. Leaders. Leaders lead. Uh, Two things about leaders. Leaders need to have knowledge. Leaders need to be bold. can you say amen? Amen. Let me tell you what, what empowering people means. Empowering people means... That they bring the best out in others. Say that with me. They bring the best out in others. How many of you know Jesus brings the best out in us? What He also did is He destroyed the worst in us. He destroyed the power and the curse of sin so it no longer has dominion over all, my life. I no longer have to think weak. I don't have to, have to think and embrace sickness. I do not accept, embrace defeat I'm not a failure. I'm more than a conqueror because Jesus took the curse of sin. He exchanged my ashes, gave me beauty. He gave me the garment of praise for the Spirit of heaven. He's anointed me with the oil of gladness above my fellows. And in Christ, I can do all things. There's, a, there's an absolute metamorphosis, a transformation in my mind, my vocabulary, the way I lead, the way I influence people. Amen. Praise God. Let me give you three quick scenarios. Remember years ago, a woman comes home from her job. She's working. They're they're a newly married couple. And this woman is being intimidated and harassed by her boss because this man is living in an affair. And this woman who uh, is a Christian sees this man, her boss, who is having an affair. The boss knows that this employee knows about her knowing that he's having an affair, so he begins to harass her. She comes home to her husband. She tells her husband. Her and her husband begin to pray about it. Her husband feels led of the Lord to tell his wife it's time to resign, to move on. God's going to give you another job. It took leadership. They prayed about it. She resigned, moved away from that situation. God gave that woman a job with better wages, better benefits, and it was a step up. Now here's what leadership does. Leadership just doesn't look at the problem. Leadership takes problems to the Lord in prayer and empowers people to make transitions in faith. By the way, just to let you know who that was, that was my wife. Praise God. There was a time where she was working, she was coming home and her boss was harassing her. I said, honey, we're going to pray right now. We're going to seek the mind of God. And it was a bold move. But she resigned her job and God gave her a job at Boyd Coffee Company with an amazing... Now, there are some things that happened as well along the way. One thing Carol and I realized that if we're going to have the favor of God and the blessing of God, one thing we do not want to do. We don't want to be outside of the blessing of God. We were, we, we we're were, we not living in sin. We're seeking the Lord. We're putting Him first. We're people to understand the, the important principle of tithing. And I want to tell you, when you begin to operate... you you follow the Lord in these things, God begins to work for you. There's no secret about this. There's no trick about this. It's just simple obedience. Just simple obedience. Amen. God also, uh, in another particular situation, I forgot what that was. and I've got to look at it right here. Praise God. A couple of these other scenarios here. Amen. Praise God. Oh, here's a good one. Guy comes home from school, he's getting bad grades. And he's really depressed. And he's just kind of given up emotionally. His dad tells him that if you continue to get bad grades, I'm going to whip your rear end. So the kid kind of emotionally breaks down, has a pity party, really broken. The next year he goes back to school, he runs into a teacher that begins to empower this young man who was getting bad grades, who was emotionally burned out. And what she began to do is speak vision into his life. The first thing this woman does to that little student is he says this, I so thank God you're in my class, what a gift you are to me and this school this year. All of a sudden, that boy just began to come alive. And he began to realize that, wow, there's something in me. Because somebody spoke life, spoke vision, and spoke victory. And guess what? He went from D's to F's to A's and B's. And guess who that was? That was me. Praise God. It was me. My dad in the third grade told me, Ray, you come home with another D or F, I will whip your butt. And I I remember telling my mom, I said, Mom, I want to drop out of school right now. I was so depressed. Because my dad wasn't helping me in homework. He wasn't—he didn't know how. My dad, back in those days, baby boomers, they didn't know how to really empower their kids. They didn't know how to communicate and convey life to their kids. We knew how to swing the belt, threaten them, tell them, your boy, you do that, boy, I'm going to get your rear end. We knew how to do that, but we did not know how to empower our young people to take them to new levels. And this young teacher... She was a 25, 6-year-old young lady. I'll never forget her name was Mrs. Gernhardt. She empowered me with vision by speaking words of value. Begin to convey to me that I was a gift. First time I ever heard that. How many here have ever had somebody say that to you that you're a gift? Has anybody ever had anybody say to you, you're pretty special? Boy, we need to pray right now. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you know that those kind of things convey value? They convey an ability. It, It takes people into new levels. When you empower people, empowering people takes time to listen. When you listen to people and you really hear them out without trying to give an answer back, but when you take time and you're patient with people and you listen to them. You spend time with them. Parents, this is important to do with our kids. We need to take the time. Well, Pastor, what about gifts? A great gift. Don't use gifts as a substitute for time. You need that's what a lot of people. Well, I've been away from my kids, so I'll buy them a gift. They don't want your gift. They want you. They want your time. They want your ears. They don't even want you to just sit there and correct them. Well, that's not the way I would have done it. It's not. I'll never forget. I was over here when this little par three over here was par three. There was a golf course. And this this father who was kind of let, it was, it was a, there was a driving range over there. <clears throat> this father had this, like a four or five year old boy. And he had his own little set of little, nice little golf clubs. And the father was teaching this son, and he was saying it out loud. He says, Now, if you want to be a golf, if you want to swing golf and be as successful as I want, young son, I want you to sh- see how I'm swinging it. So he, the son, the, the little kid, he was just there to be with his dad. He really didn't give a rip about the swing or the, 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 the way, the style of swing. And so the boy would kind of turn away and just kind of look around and lollygog at the birds and everything. He said, son, I want you to keep an eye on me here. Follow me. If you want to, do, if you want to be successful like me, you've got to keep your eye on me. And I, I was about 40 feet away from this. And boy, I wanted to come at that father with my number one wood, I tell you. Because he, he, he was just, uh, he, he was overkilling it on Performance. And here's the point. The kid could care less about golf. He just wanted to be with his dad. But this dad said, well, we're going to make something out of this. And he's out there and he's trying to get this four-year-old to swing like an adult. It, I, to me, borderline abuse. When all the kid wanted was just to be with dad. Daddy just want to be with you. And the sad thing about that kind of spirit in that kind of manner is the kid will grow up to think that the only way I get value or any kind of affirmation is when I please his performance. That is sad. Now, I do believe that we want to help kids be a better soccer player, get a better grade, play better guitar. I, I'm, I, but I think we need to learn to understand the level of maturity in their minds. If you're going to empower people, I want to just tell you, I want you to remember one big word. It's called praise. We've got to learn to praise people at the level of their understanding. You've got to learn to honor them. Empowering people know how to honor people. Everyone say Honor. In fact, a powerful person, Jesus. Wherever Jesus went, he honored people, honored them all the time. Jesus was oozing with honor. He honored everyone. He went and he honored the sinner. He honored the adulterous woman caught in. The, he honored the woman at the well of Samaria. He honored her by letting her know, "I got a gift for you. I know you're thirsty. I know you've been you're you're, you're searching." But I've got a gift and if you only knew who was there talking to you, you would ask and I would freely give you a gift and I would satisfy the longing. See, that's that's what powerful people do. Number one, powerful people focus on the needs of the people around them and they do not major on the minors and major on the. They focus on solutions. They focus on the person imparting... You know, I come to find out that I get more out of people when I praise them than when I correct them. Now, pastor, are you saying we should never correct or spank? No. There's times for spanking. Amen. Praise God, I've had a few on my rear end. Amen. That hasn't abused me. I believe in spankings. I believe in correction. But first, remember the Bible says that Jesus was the Word made flesh and we all beheld His glory, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace, then truth. We need to be people who are oozing and just flowing with grace. My kids, my wife needs to know that I believe in her. She needs to know that the greatest influence from, my, from me as a husband... Now, by the way, I haven't always been this way. By the way, I'll just let you know, when I married my wife, I was a very negative guy. I came from a broken family. Let me tell you, there are three things that is a problem with our families today. Number one, the lack of leadership. Number two, the lack of knowledge. And number three, <clears throat> a culture that we live in that has accepted defeat as a normal way of life. They've accepted it. Hey, it's okay, man. I know you've been married 5, 6 times and you know your kids are all over the place and you know you can't keep a job. We've just kind of accepted. We brag about it in our culture today. That's nothing to brag about, folks. But neither do we shame anybody who's been broken. I understand people are broken. They're fragile, they've been hurt, but instead of just keeping them at that level and feeling sorry for them, what we need to do is we need to learn how to lift their vision. We learn how to let them know that they're not victims anymore. They're not just sitting there, letting life go by, that God has put something in them. God has put a vision in their life. I, I think it's so important, me as a pastor, one of the most important things for me as a pastor, is to help you dream your dreams. Every one of you have dreams. Some of you have let your dreams go. Some of you have thrown your dreams and put it on the shelf, say it'll never happen. No, God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. That's not just talking about prophesying in church. I'm talking, when the, the idea of prophesying there has the idea of you becoming the kind of prophetic voice that brings that which is not there into existence. To be a prophet means that you are calling things that are not as though they there. You, you're bringing things from the realm of the heavenly and bringing it into the earthly. Yes. That's what it means that sons and daughters will prophesy. You're declaring what is not there as though it is. Yes. Secondly, you're dreaming. You're having dreams. How many here have dreams? I'm not talking about just dreams or nightmares now, by the way. But if you have a dream, God's put a dream in your heart. The church here is to cultivate, to water, to fan the flame of those dreams. See, the purpose of the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is not just about washing your sins, changing your behavior, and so you become a churchy little person. God's not interested in you becoming churchy. It's just getting to heaven. No, God's interested in your life just beaming Glowing and flowing with grace. Glowing and flowing with life. Yes. Glowing and flowing with such the mind of Christ, the wisdom of God, the riches. You are a wealthy people. You are not poor. You're wealthy. You have access to that treasury of heaven. Ray, I don't see it. I seem to be a really a poor person. No. We do not look at the things that we... I love what Peter said. Acts, Remember what Peter said? Silver and gold, I don't have it. But what I do have, I give it to you. See, Peter understood that his wealth was not contingent on his bank account. So much of us, our values are tied and linked and connected to what is so natural And God. Let me tell you something. One of the best ways that God can help you change your value system. I'm going to tell you something Paul said in Philippians 3. He says, I have suffered the loss of all things that I might with Christ. If you are going through a season right now where you're suffering loss, guess what? It's an opportunity for God to begin to transition and transform the way you view value and view life. He's trying to help you to understand how to draw on the riches of heaven. Poverty was not intended to be a curse. But sometimes poverty and going through what Paul says, I've suffered the loss. There's something to be gained through losing things. I know that sounds kind of ridiculous. But sometimes God lets you suffer the loss because He's preparing you for promotion. He's preparing you to elevate you to a new level. You can never appreciate the realm of the invisible until you are in a place where you do not have it. When you do not have it, you begin to call those things. It, it, it really puts you in a place. Okay, God, there's nothing to look to. There's nothing to trust in. I don't have it. It's not in the cupboard. It's not in the bank. Lord, it's just you and me. And God says, that's the Exactly where I want you. You know, it's a known fact. In fact, missionaries around the world will tell you that the one place, in fact, Young E. Cho from Korea said this. He says, the most difficult for me, who's got the largest church in the world, he said this, the most difficult place for me to go and preach faith in the world is the United States. And it's because America has everything it needs. Doesn't need God. Doesn't need the Lord. In fact, the Laodicean church, the last of the seven churches in the book of John or Revelation, God says, You are rich and you're comfortable and you have need of nothing. But He says, You're poor, you're blind, and you're naked, and you don't even see your poverty. He says, I counsel you to buy me gold tried on the fire. In other words, in order for us to embrace the true riches. We have to make an exchange. <clears throat> Some of us, maybe our, our goal is this. Money, 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 money. Got to make the money. Oh, money, 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 money. money. Got to make the money. God may ask you to just, you know what? Maybe it's not about just accumulation of money. Maybe the Lord wants me to begin to shift my vision and my values and begin to shift my priorities where I begin to store up in the true house or well, I begin to store up treasure in heaven rather than the treasures on earth. And sometimes parents, it's teaching our kids to serve in the house of the Lord. Teaching our children. I remember taking our kids and we'd go and visit someone who didn't have have anything to eat, and we'd bring our kids and we would teach them how to serve others and how to give. I'm missing my TV show. That's okay. We're gonna watch a much better show tonight. Yeah, but what am I buying? My, my my Game Boy. That's okay. We're going to put that down. We're going to lay up treasure in it. Parents, you've got to be strong. By the way, we taught our boys, when they're three, four, and five, we taught our boys to tithe. We taught them that the first fruits of everything goes to God. Parents, when's the last time you've asked your kids, are you tithing? When our, I used to give my sons a dollar apiece... A dime went to Jesus. It was kind of tough in those days because they didn't want to break up that dollar. But we taught our kids. Let me tell you. Today, do you know that all three of my sons, amen, I, 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 I almost sound like I'm bragging, but all three of my sons are living in their own homes today. God has blessed them with great jobs. And it's not because of anything other than the favor of God and because of their obedience to God's Word that God's favor is on them. That's the blessing of God. Now, I'm not suggesting that because you have a house, you're blessed. I understand that. But I do want you to know it's really going to go better for you. When you teach your kids, that's empowering them. I'm empowering my kids in the ways of God. You empower your kids. You empower your family. By being a very, very optimistic, very positive... You know, I think that we need to kind of have a We need to kind of change the way we look at serving God. I I think you need to bring words like, serving the Lord can be fun. I think it's okay to say that. Well, pastor, that's not real, man. I thought serving the Lord was to be afflictions and suffering. Aren't we supposed to suffer for Jesus? Yeah, there's going to be plenty of that. There will be some suffering. There's going to be some sacrifice. But here's the thing. When your eyes are on Jesus... When your eyes are on Him and you teach our children, when we empower our children to follow Jesus, the suffering becomes bearable.
1: Amen. That's
0: but we need to teach them how to experience the goodness of God. Empowering people. I want you... I'm, I'm going to close. The Holy Spirit said, stop. Okay. I'm going to stop. And without going into this, Amen. How many of you received something today? Amen. Yes. You know, folks, the Lord is elevating. Yes. He's raising our vision. I really believe that the Holy Spirit is saying that in the future, in the days ahead, <clears throat> there's going to be times where the Holy Spirit is going to blow through the quarters of this building like a mighty wind. Yes. I believe the wind of the Spirit of God is going to blow. And we're going to let it happen. We're just going to let God have His way. I believe the days of just predictable services and predictable living. I believe the Lord wants to move by His Spirit on a mighty way. I believe He wants to move in your house. I believe He wants to move in the corridors of your living room. I believe when husbands and wives, Honey, could you come up here? I believe it's important that husbands take their wives. They actually hold hands. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor Ray. We need to hold hands and say, Carol, amen. Not when we're in church, yeah, right. when we're at home, in the bedroom, in your den. Say, Carol, we need to pray. Yeah. We need the Lord. We need Jesus. We need God in our home. Yes. We need the Lord. We we need we need we need the floodgates of heaven just to come on our house. I need Jesus. I've been confessing weakness, confessing inability and lack, and God says that He's given us all power. He's given us great faith. He's given us His word. No more excuses. No more excuses. We need to be a family. That serves God. Amen? Amen? Now, in order to get to that place, some of us need to say, wow, that means I may have to apologize. I may have to ask for forgiveness because I'm embarrassed because I just screamed at my wife last night or my husband. That's okay. It's okay to say you're wrong. Powerful people say, I was wrong. Everyone say, I was, I was wrong. It's good to say, I, honey, I was wrong. If you can't say you are wrong and ask for forgiveness, you're arrogant and you're proud. And the Bible says that pride goes before a fall. I've had to tell my kids and my wife a thousands of thousands of times that Ray Galligan has been wrong the best thing i've ever done my kids come back and say you know dad i'm glad you said you were wrong cuz you were they let me know that and then they say but because you said that okay because you said that it makes me realize that the god you serve is real if you can't say you are wrong i am sorry you teach your children a spirit of arrogance and when they grow up they'll never share say they're wrong to their spouse or to their loved one or on the employee because they always have to be right that's a dangerous place you are not always right in fact do you know why that you're not you know why you're not a perfect parent so you can say you're wrong the reason why God didn't make you the perfect parent is because He wants you to set the bar and set the example in the home of what it means to be a leader who submits to His family. You're not there just to be Almighty Dad and Almighty Mom, and uh, is it for me in my house, I'm right. I'm right. You're wrong. I'll never, I'll never humble myself and say I'm wrong. You don't do that. You're setting your children up for failure. That is failure. Because we all are weak. We all make mistakes. The, one of the most the most honorable, the most respectful things you could do in your home. When you make a mistake, you say, I was wrong. Please forgive me. What you've done in the eyes of your children is they elevate you. They actually say, you know, Dad, thank you for taking ownership. But we have a society today that says, I'm not wrong. No way. I'm not going to say I'm wrong. No, no, no way. That's where we get in trouble. Bible says if we humble ourselves, we'll be exalted. God resists what? The proud. He resists them, but He gives grace to the humble. Amen. You're a powerful people. You're a powerful father. You're a powerful mother. And it's His Holy Spirit in you that makes you powerful. It's not you in your strength. It's not you in your own ingenuity. It's the Spirit of Christ in you that makes you powerful. Gives you all wisdom. Gives you strength. You're blessed. You're highly favored. You're chosen. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And you have the ability to lead your family into places of blessing and favor. I should bow your head this morning. Thank you, Lord. Maybe this morning you may say, "You know, Pastor Ray, I <clears throat> I know the Lord has His hand on my life, and I've been in a battle, I've been in a war, and I need to relinquish the reins of control and let Jesus." win in my life. I want him to win. I want him to have his way in my life. Maybe today you may say I don't even really I really don't even have the Lord in my life. I've been living life on my terms, doing it my way, and I need to trust him. I want Jesus to take the reins of my life. I need to learn to receive his grace. I need to learn to renew my mind. I need to learn to let go of some ways and some thoughts. I haven't been helping myself or my family. I want to make change. That's you this morning. I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you this morning. Anybody? I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Amen. Anyone else? Amen. I want to release control. I want to surrender all. Anyone else? Anyone else? Father God. Amen. Amen. I want you to stand to your feet with me, can we? My wife is gonna share Carol wants to share something.
1: Praise God. I just think that uh, what a what a great day to be empowering our families and our marriages, and if we've blown it and we haven't done it before, it's it's a new day. God comes today to give you strength, he comes to give you beauty for ashes. Sometimes we make make a mess of things. God's going to give us the grace to make some changes. I was just looking at just recently, we're having just so much fun being grandparents, and we make every opportunity when we're with our little ones to train, to praise God.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: We have a little um, giraffe in our house that has spots on it. And it's about, it's taller than each of our grandkids. I mean, it's its pretty big. But it has movable arms and movable feet and legs. And we call it spot because it has spots all over it. And I just... Um, just even yesterday, when when we were with them, we just had them lift that little arm of Spot's little arm to Jesus and to praise Jesus and to clap his arms. And and uh, when it was time to pray for this or that, we just included Spot in our little journey. And I think God wants us to look for the opportunities, yeah. not just with little ones, but all around us. Opportunities. Let him listen to his voice he's going to tell you this is an opportunity to make a difference in somebody's life and um, i've just ignored so many times that voice and then later i just feel really bad that i didn't do what the lord told me to do i say lord forgive me and help me to hear your voice and it's it's not always in a, in a corrective way, but it, it's mostly an empowering way yes. to empower others that they are mighty, that they are mm. great. Mm. God is not just a gray-haired man with this big, long beard and a big stick to just knock you all the time. Our God is a loving God who comes to wrap his arms around us. In life, you get knocked down quite a bit, don't you? Just from situations. Your Jesus comes to love you. Just let him love you. I just feel like today, even the Father is saying that there's some that just need the loving arms of a Heavenly Father to wrap around. I'm there a lot of times. I need his love. I need him to wrap his arms around me. So just come and just... Just let the love of the Father just hit you if you need that today. Just let him just touch and love you today yes.
0: amen. amen. I'd like all the fathers just to lift your hands and I, I, if you're around a father, will you just lay hands on them? I, I really believe that God wants to anoint you with a fresh grace today. I know it's not just fathers, we have mothers, but I felt especially with the fathers. Men have come under such attack today. Father, we pray for the grace of God to just touch all men. Touch them, Lord. I pray, Lord, that they would experience the favor of the Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you've never given up on us. You never turn us away. You said to those who hunger and thirst you will by no means cast out. Father, we ask you right now that you would touch and bring healing to every man. Many of our fathers have never had fathers. They've never had the kind of encouragement or empowerment from a father. And so just being a father in itself was a very scary journey of venture. Father, I pray right now that you would just anoint these men. Lord, to step into that place of leadership in a loving way, in a gracious way. Lord, help them to realize that You are for them and not against them. I pray for favor upon them in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. I, I also want to pray for the moms. I feel we need to do that. I want every mother to raise your hand right now. Every mother. Grandmother too. Let's lay our hands on our moms and our grandmothers and mothers. Father, we thank you for the other side of leadership. We thank you, Lord, for the wisdom and the strength that women are. We thank you, Lord, that you've given them as gifts into our home. Father, Lord, to be empowered. Lord, to no longer be victims But Lord, to be the leaders and to be the strength You've called them to be. We thank You for these wonderful, wonderful treasures and gifts that our mothers and our wives are. What a blessing they are. Father, we speak life. We declare over them this morning. We declare fruitfulness. We declare wisdom. We declare healing. We declare life even to those who have been shattered or abused in the past. We speak life to women. Lord, You love them. You came to restore dignity to women. Jesus came to restore women, even in leadership, that they can lead, they can speak. They're amazing. Our wives, our mothers are amazing. We thank You for who they are and what they have and the blessing they give to us. We will never forget them. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Now turn to someone and give them a big hug. And and let them know you're honored in Jesus' name. God bless you folks and have an awesome, amazing day in Jesus'